Welcome to Pictures Up, the podcast where we talk about careers in film and where you can get your foot in the door to various career paths. Today, we're talking with Jeff McNeil, an animator who's uh, worked on a whole bunch of films, including Bolt, Tangled, Frozen, uh, Big Hero 6, uh, Wreck-It Ralph, one of my favorite films, Zootopia, um, close behind another of my favorite films, Secret of the Cave, that Jeff and I worked on together. We only had a short time to record this interview because Jeff was headed for the airport. I hope I didn't make him miss his flight. Anyway, so it's a little bit of a short one today, but he's got such an inspirational story that we just couldn't miss it. It has all the highs and lows of starting a career in the entertainment business. I think there's definitely lessons in there for anybody who is starting a career on a path like this one. So let's go ahead and get started. You worked both on Angel and Chains and um, Secret of the Cave, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. You saved our bacon, as I recall, <laughs> on both of those projects. Oh, um, it was great. It was, um, it was rotoscoping for Angel and Chains to add in some minor effects and And cleanup. fix some... There was light leaks on some yes. of... Because uh, that project was shot on film. Right. And we had some loading problems and some light leak problems. I guess really light leak problems, but... In a few instances, it was in critical takes that we needed to use. Yeah. And that is not easy to fix. No, it, it made me not <laughs> want to do that as a profession. I didn't hate it at that point, but okay. later on as I, I did more of it, and that was a heavy dose of, of rotoscoping, and it is not fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, like, you, you work really hard, and you, you can still see it. Like, to this day, I can still see it. It's 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 easier to catch when you know it's there right. and you worked on it and you right. can see the ears kind of not quite right but <laughs> but at the same time it's way less distracting than having light leaks or having oh, something course, like that yeah. so it is an improvement so it is cool and I've used it on my own work uh, just as a hobby doing rotoscope so I, I liked honing that skill yeah. so I take that from it but also on um, Secret of the Cave we did uh, I think it was VFX. I don't know what my actual title was on it or something, but I had yeah, a little team. And there was a bunch of stuff, but I remember maybe the most ambitious was this big fog sequence where we had problems with the practical fog, mm. and it it was like sixty shots or something. It was a bunch. Yeah, and it was adding digital fog to augment. There was roto work in there too. Yeah, yeah, and um. Well, my big shot that I, I know I spent the most time trying to figure out on that was the day for night conversion oh, yeah. of, and also stormy weather conversion of the cave where the boat or the camera is like, you know, heading towards the cave and it's yes. raining and there's waves. And in reality, it was like a very calm ocean. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was sunny daytime. Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like locking that down and doing the camera tracking and the, the um, kind of artificial water and everything yeah it was really ambitious and tricky and we locked it all down it was a good attempt and i'm proud of it and uh that was something i did put on my reel from that work so oh, really? I, I did actually get you know uh sort of promotional material out of working on that film a lot of times you come away from projects um remembering some details but more than that remembering sort of what it felt to work like with certain people yeah and uh I know that towards the end of some of the work that we did, you were a little bit burnt out, but I remember having this profound feeling that you were not going to let us down. Like, I just knew <laughs> that if, if you were given a task, that it was 
like it was just gonna get done you know and um you told a story i think it was yesterday in one of the panel discussions here that i attended um about some of your post uh sort of well really for you it was the gap right i think you know it was sort very of short but yeah, yeah yes it was short uh but but sort of the from when you finished school to when you felt like you were sort of over a hump of getting into a career. Can you tell us that story? Because I was impressed with Sure, sure. Yeah, so what happened was I um, I came out of uh, graduating. I graduated a semester later. I had a few odds and ends to tie up. Like, I think it was only three classes. Okay, and they so weren't even art-related. December, December yeah, so graduation? I graduated officially in December. Although okay. my art, you know, was a, all the work for the art diploma was done yeah. in four years. And so, yeah, it was just a few generals. And then I went home for Christmas uh, break. And before it was even New Year, uh, Aaron Adams gave me uh, contact information of a company that was looking for someone who essentially, uh, like me, you know, a, an intern that could do visual effects and uh, animation. Yeah. And so before I even came back to school, I had already made plans to stay around and work uh, on my own projects and build up my portfolio as okay. best I could. So <laughs> I actually um, moved into uh, Randy's lower half of his house, oh, okay. which ended up not even being a month okay. that, that I stayed because three weeks later, I was on my way out across country with my friend Mark, uh, Mark Tan, who also graduated and also got a position at the same company right out of school. So we both went cross country and started uh, work at a company that was very small and did not pay us for three months, but that was the internship. And they did house us, and they did uh, pay for our transportation from here, Tennessee, out to San Diego. Okay. Um, and it was, for lack of a, a better expression, a horrible work experience because I was doing 80-hour weeks, even from the internship point of view. I was the only effects artist. There was no one training me. And it was a team of about 12 people. And we did... Uh, a bunch of projects pretty rapid fire. It was only about two months to do a lot of these things. And I was feeling really burnt out. When they finally did start paying me, it was it was not a lie. It was $500 a week, and that was as freelance. That was, you know, no benefits. Nothing was taxed. I was, so that was 100 bucks a day if it was five days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it probably wasn't. Essentially salary in the sense that if I worked 80 hours, it didn't matter. I didn't get any more pay. Well, that is... That's the definition of salary. Yes. So yeah. I was I was working, you know, weekends and long days and everything. Um, and I was really, I got to a point where I was burnt out and it was um, late summer or midsummer. And SIGGRAPH was coming around, which is a, you know, trade show for graphic, like animation and, and all that stuff. Special the annual effects. mecca for people in... Uh, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Technical and uh, artistic as well. Yeah. And it's a great place to go and kind of uh, try to get a job. There's yeah. a lot of uh, um, demo reel reviews, portfolio reviews, and also just open... Um, applications and, and people to talk to and the people that you would be getting hired by a yeah, lot of them are there recruiters as well as like people who actually would you would work with like supervisors and heads of departments they're all there too yeah and um i remember having 10 copies of my demo reel my um resume and my uh 
contact information. Yeah, cover all letter, all that stuff. Nice, yeah. Nicely done, fresh from school. I yeah. was prepared right before I graduated with all that material, so I just had to duplicate it. And I went there and had some impressive success really early with the first few people I was talking to. And I kind of had an attitude that this was all or nothing. If I couldn't get a better situation to work in, I was going to just quit the profession. Because if this was what it was, then forget it. I'll, you were burnt out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll do something else. Right out of school, you were yeah. burnt out. Yeah. yeah. And, and in my mind, I thought it was going to be a staggered approach to get to a company that did like feature work. So right, I had like to, a slow ascent. Like, yeah, let's give I it a decade. You do the painful internship, fine. I knew that was my first step. But then I right. was so burnt out that I didn't even want to take the second step. Right. So I thought, well, let me just go big and see if I can you know, get into Disney, get into all these big companies, DreamWorks, whoever. So I went around, and I, I think I got rid of like seven of my reels that okay. first day. That's pretty good. And some of them were just kind of like, thank you. You know, Pixar was pretty bogged down and... <laughs> Everybody applied for them. So they're like, oh, yeah. thank you. Just throw it in a pile. And uh, others sat down and took the time to to look at it, give feedback. So I got three huge companies that I would never think would, would be interested in hiring me because I thought if you look at their website and if you look at the requirements, it's a minimum of two years experience. I did not have that. I had nine months and a little bit less than that at that point yeah. in my career, and uh, except for like school experience too. But my demo reel was very impressive since we worked so many hours in that short amount of time. It almost looked okay. like I had two years worth of content. Okay. Yeah. So they were doing uh, uh, reel reviews in the in the Disney area, and when I applied for that, I sat down and, and was talking to someone who actually was a visual effects supervisor. So he's pretty high up on the films, and something amazing happened that really just skyrocketed my confidence. And I was showing my reel. I was trying to convince him to hire me halfway through the conversation switched and he was convincing me to join their studio oh. and I remember you know trying not to show my hand and how I was impressed but being <laughs> like completely shocked at how that happened in the conversation like the tables turned and I'm kind of like yes it sounds like a great place to work and I will take your contact <laughs> information Disney. yeah Disney animation yeah. yeah which at that time they were in a little bit of a dip you know they had right. just come off of uh, meet the Robinsons and they were about to start work on Balt Pixar was the big deal. Right. Disney and was, was sort of a watershed for Disney, right? It, well, this was the, that was the first film that John Lasseter and Ed Catmull had come in to start to uh, direct the uh, studio. They were the right. president and the um, creative chief, I think, yeah. of the company. And yeah, I came in a year after they had joined to split their time between Pixar and Disney. Right. And I think that had something to do with why I got hired by them, because they actually had this velocity I found out a year later where they wanted to hire people on upward trajectories so they weren't so worried about where you were but where okay. they thought you could go okay so they kind of I think sort of lowered the bar at least in terms of like two years experience as far as experience as far as those they rigid were, they were trying to look for talent more than yeah, yeah I guess that was kind of the memo they put out to recruiting yeah because that made a lot more sense when I found out why they 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 were interested in me but the other thing that happened too and the reason i got two other offers which one was from sony uh visual effects uh and the other was digital domain which was a big player at the time like ilm and they just needed someone who specialized in character effects and character effects is like cloth and hair simulation which is a very specific thing yeah but that, it's 
it's there's a lot of it, of it in oh animation. yeah it's used yeah. in a lot of things but yeah. It's not taught anywhere, really, even to this day. I don't think there's really a class or degree or something you can get in it. Yeah. I mean, maybe a class online or something, but it's very hard to come by that knowledge. And it's it's a moving target because it's very it's always cutting like, edge. Uh, evolving. Yes. And it's it's this weird blend of technical and artistic. So highly technical people struggle with it. Highly artistic people struggle with it. But the people that are somewhere in the middle can do okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> assuming that they're learning how to do it. Right. Um, and I learned just from, you know, trial and error, teaching myself more or less. But the, the big plus was before I graduated, my professors basically said, we think you should focus on this. You know, one, there's a need on our projects for this. And two, you're the best at it so far. And we think this is what you'd be good at professionally. Okay. That was really critical for me because up until that point, which was my junior year, I thought I was going to be an animator. And I probably could have been an okay animator. I was definitely not going to be a great animator. It did mm -hmm. not come naturally. It was just something I was like wishfully thinking I could do. Okay. Because I, I love the craft in general. Yeah. And I was trying to learn everything, which is why they knew I was good at this one thing. I see. When I focused on that one thing, I got really good at it. And I actually enjoyed it a lot like it wasn't something i was having to give up so much as focusing on the thing that i'm good at and actually enjoying but not realizing that i am enjoying it yeah you know and animation at first i was just kind of like oh no i want to you know i want to stick with it i'm almost there yeah and then i thought oh well i am pretty good at this i do like doing it they have things for me to do i'll do it and more and more that became what i specialized in and it was a rare skill set that just took me you know right out of college and then from that one job i got hired into disney um which was such a big leap it was essentially like three or four times probably four times the income if you count benefits right. it's at least four times the yeah. income and it uh professionally was such a huge leap forward because i had people to mentor me yeah. and to um give me really big projects and responsibilities, but to also be there to answer questions. Right. Because at the other studio, I was the only one. It, you were on your own yeah, to I solve was, the problem. I was learning, but it was self-taught, right. which is, is tricky. The ability to self-teach, I think, is actually quite important. Yes. But it's no substitute for mentorship. You need both, yeah. I think, yeah. really. Um, because there's times when you can't be mentored, or the mentor only knows so much, right. and you have to figure things out yourself. But... It, I've been successful in trying to do both. And thankfully, you know, throughout my career, I've had both at my disposal. And working at a place like Disney, they really do encourage continual learning. They have great lecturers almost every week come in and speak. And if you don't go to that actual lecture, it's captured online. Okay. So if you're not busy later on, I usually would just watch a bunch of those to catch up to speed. And there's drawing classes, there's uh, educational, um, like financial compensation for books and for DVDs. They have wow. subscriptions to all the online, you know, tutorial type places. Okay. So, yeah, so they were encouraging self-learning as well as, as right. peer and mentor type learning as, you know, in the workplace. Is that where you still are? No, I was laid off two years ago. Okay. And that was actually... A blessing. Okay. I love that job. I was very burnt out, and I was probably never going to leave it. Okay. 
Um, so you needed something to move I you along. I actually did. I, I was I was trying to get a work life balance. Um, part part of how I was successful there was that I personally did not want to turn down any work ever, and if there were extra hours to be worked, I was the person to do it. And I figured at some point I'm going to get sick of this, but I could still do a little bit more. I could still do a little bit more. But it wears you out on a slow burn kind of level where it seems like, yeah, yeah today it doesn't matter if I work two or three more hours. But you do yeah. that for months and months you and years and years. You wake up one day and you're just like, what happened? What am I doing? It's yeah. the same thing over and over again. And a lot of it. Yeah. It really closes out other parts of your life completely. Right. right. So I had to focus on... Um, trying to balance that a little bit better. And I, I felt like I was getting it. But what happened was 20% of our department got laid off, and then there was a slightly deeper cut. And mm. I got caught in that slightly deeper cut, which was kind of some more experienced people. And it was it was really a blessing. Um, it uh, They gave me a wonderful severance. And since I worked there for so long, my health benefits covered me well over a year and a half after okay. I left. So oh, I had wow. this big, like gentle like he sort, sort of, of had a blank cushion to, to and i took on. essentially what was a sabbatical okay. and kind of am sort of still on that I, okay. I did do some freelance work uh for about nine months with a company in south africa which was amazing too and the things that have happened in the last two years i felt like i've grown more than in the last nine even though i learned tremendously at disney okay it was very focused at disney it and i i did glean some kind of broader knowledge, knowledge as well with um, other disciplines that we're learning around us. Okay. But um, it, it was very specialized as, uh, into film and animation. Right. And as I traveled the world, I felt like I got greater life experience. Exposure to yeah. the rest of life. <laughs> the yeah. balance was tipped the other way now. I was getting lots yeah. of life and a little work. And, 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 and now, moving ahead, trying to uh, start a business, it's hopefully it's a compromise in the sense that I could have a little more control over what I'm doing, where I'm working, how much I'm working, and the types of projects I'm working on. So that's the next evolution of where I am. Wow. Well, uh, thank you for taking... I know I don't want you to miss a plane or anything, so we should probably wrap it up, but um, I didn't know that story. I didn't even realize you worked at Disney. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Disney Animation for nine years, and that was within 10 months of graduating. Wow. That's so, a... <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah. it was kind of just like step one step forward in the next phase of life, and I've been yeah. swept through this very... I've been proactive, but it feels like only when the opportunities came up, I really didn't have a dream. I, I, dre I dreamt of like working for a company like Disney, but in my mind, it was years off. Yeah. Not 10 months after graduating. <laughs> right. But still kind of being prepared... Yeah. And even being frustrated enough to take that chance and just, you know, it is just an interview. They they can say no. But as as someone who comes out of school, you're just like, you're not even worthy. Yeah. So you don't even try. Or right. at least I did. Right, right, right. What, what were some of the productions you were involved with? So at Disney, I started on Balt and I did technical animation, which is it's kind of character cleanup. Okay. And then uh, Tangled, which I did character cloth rigging and cleanup. I did uh, work on, what was the next one? Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. I did both cloth setup and cleanup, a little bit of cleanup. And then uh, I believe Frozen came after that. Basically everything between that and Moana. So Frozen, uh, Big Hero 6, which was 
the most rewarding and most exhausting of all of them because I was a lead. I had kind of a supervising role in that. Okay. So I had the full workload plus overseeing other people. Okay. And then after that, I asked them to kind of just ease it out a little bit because I that that was the peak of burnout for me. Okay. But I hadn't given up yet. So I see. then I worked on Zootopia and uh, Moana to finish it off. And wow. right at the end of Moana, they uh, regretfully laid me off and gave me a good severance and no feelings were hurt. I told them, this is fine. It's okay. I'd rather have it happen to me than someone else with... You know, wife and kids and a family because I was just so career oriented. I had right. none of that, <laughs> right? Um, and that was the break I needed. It was yeah. it was really good. Wow. Well, that list of films that you just mentioned, that's quite the library. So, like, that's a, that's a list of iconic, memorable successes for the studio that uh, you should be, I think, quite proud to Absolutely. have played a role in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. Thanks so much, Jeff. Yeah. Good talking with you. Yeah. Bye. So what an interesting story, right? From right out of school to a pretty hellish internship to working at Disney Animation. In between when I did this interview and now when I'm releasing it, Jeff has gone on to start a new venture. He and some of the folks that he graduated from school with have started a studio called Forgotten Pictures, and I'm putting a link to their website in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed the story today and found some inspiration. We'll see you next time on Pictures Up. Pictures Up.